It's me, Dr. Z with JB. Today, we take a look at the main differences between depression and the holiday blues. John and I discuss the signs, symptoms, and course of depression, and how it looks very different from holiday blues. everybody and welcome on in to uh well the podcast only version which i believe this is the first time ever that uh we have discussed something live and the podcast will be completely or slightly different from uh what you saw so dr z hello welcome to the first ever uh audio recording this is nice well, not thank a- you thanks for having me today of course well it is your show so <laughs> thank you for having me today is that, is that i yes. should be saying uh but you know, it is holidays. We are right up against Thanksgiving. Um, uh, there's uh, plenty to get into. And in fact, if you're listening to this now, fantastic. The next podcast that we are going to release is not only about the holiday blues that we're about to experience, but dealing with the holiday blues with the narcissism or narcissistic, you know, in-laws or parents Ooh. or whoever it is, because that's also a tough journey. But Dr. Z, you know this uh, time of the year very well. Uh, I, I, I assume that uh, you have a ton of people uh, on your waiting list or, or asking <laughs> or calling or saying, hey, yes. do you have some available time? And rightfully so. What is it about the uh, the holidays that can, uh, can bring on that depression and that anxiety that uh, we know and love so much? Yeah. So, you know, and we'll talk about the differences between holiday blues and depression, but generally speaking, you know, holiday season is my busy season. Um, it is, you know, a, l- a large part of it is when the holidays come around, um, non-global pandemic related, just they're, you know, your regular holiday season. Um, we are oftentimes met with this expectation from society, from movies, all of it, you know, Instagram showing everybody happily sitting around at holiday dinner tables. And then after the picture's taken, everybody's screaming. So we are held to this expectation that holiday dinners, holiday time in general is supposed to be very family oriented and loving and exciting and fun. And that if we somehow aren't having that experience, that there is something inherently wrong with us or wrong with our family or just wrong in general. And people tend to hide that because they feel embarrassed or they feel shameful. They feel shameful that they're not looking forward to Christmas. They're not looking forward to Thanksgiving. And, you know, and that's so horrible. But the reality is, is, you know, and not even having a biased sample here, but, you know, with my patients, but generally speaking, the holidays are stressful. You're combining a lot of different personalities with a lot of alcohol and a lot of food and, you know, a lot of families just don't see eye to eye on things and bringing them together on the holidays. Well, it sounds great. Sometimes it, it, it is really difficult for people. Yeah. And trying to, well, and, and you, I think you even recommended this at, at, at one point, don't try and shift too many things during these holidays either. Right. I mean, yes. there's, a, there's enough on your plate already. Yes. Yes. So one of the things I say, and, um, you know, and I know I told you this when we last about it, but you know, a lot of doctors will disagree with me on this and probably cringe if they hear this. But what I tell my patients is that from Thanksgiving until January 2nd, it is not the time to go on a diet. It is not the time to quit drinking, quit smoking, quit drinking, whatever it is you're doing. Assuming you're not in like imminent danger, right? And assuming that you're not, you know, driving drunk and doing things that can hurt you, risky behaviors, don't try to change that now. 
if you weren't going to go on a diet before Thanksgiving, why would you pick the most difficult time of the year to then go on a diet? You know, why would you pick the most difficult time of the year to, I don't know, you know, in, within a relationship, let's say if, if, you know, you're want to take it to the next level, you know, maybe wait until after New Year's to have that discussion with somebody, not saying, cause it'll end up bad. Just there's so much on your plate already. And a lot of times kids are off from school you're off from work and your schedule's all, you know, messed up and different. It's just too much going on to take on or make some like earth-shattering, life-changing decisions right now. Just wait. And would you say that's also true in terms of I don't even know because, you know, people a lot of the time say, "Well, I don't I don't like this personality quirk that I have mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. this other mm-hmm. thing that I'm working on too." Do you also agree just anything, not not a habit, but in terms of trying to reshape your life, that's out until Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah unless you know, unless it's like I said, unless it's really damaging your life, and unless there's really kind of acute consequences or stressors that are going on, you know, it, wait. There, there's really no need to rush to do it right now, just because you feel like you should. You know, and that brings up New Year's resolutions, which is a whole other <laughs> topic of conversation. I hate New Year's resolutions. I, I hate we them can too. Handle them very differently and approach them very differently. Um, but I just think, like I said, you know, we, we're human beings. And even in our best of times, we have trouble with change, even if it's for better. But so why, why would you pick a stressful time in your life to make changes? It just, it doesn't, it, I know, you know, people are saying, well, but, you know, you should always try to make changes. Yeah, I agree, but not now. Yeah. It was kind of like what I said during the pandemic. It's like people were thinking this was like one big snow day and you have all this time in the world and I'm going to take up Latin. I'm going to learn how to play chess and you know, and that sounds great, but, but in theory, you may have been losing your job. You may have had less finances at, you know, at your disposal, your kids are home. Um, you know, everybody's fighting, people are dying, you're sick. I mean, there's so much stuff going on. Why, why, if you didn't pick up Latin before the pandemic, why on earth are you going to choose to do it now? Yeah, 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 that's, uh, this would be even a worse time to do it. <laughs> Correct. That's, you know, like, no, yeah. because, and the reason for that is during the holidays and similar to when, the, you know, during the quarantine, and our brains are at max capacity with stress. And when your brains are at max capacity, you don't have as many attentional resources to devote to other things outside of kind of your automatic pilot mode. And you're not going to be able to attend to the things that you want to do outside of that automatic pile of mode as best as you could, let's say, if it was before the holidays when, you're, when the stress is a little bit lower so you have more room in your brain to take on these things. Yeah. So if you want to, like, work out more and you're deciding to do it on Thanksgiving, you know, don't – if you've never done Soul Cycle and all of a sudden you want to take five Soul Cycle classes, like, why don't you stick with something that you already do if you really want to change something and just modify it a little bit? Yeah, eat one less turkey sandwich at midnight uh, during Thanksgiving. That's where I'd like yeah, to start. Or just like if, if you take <laughs> yoga, try like a different type of yoga. Don't don't go pick up something brand new right now. Yeah, hot yoga. Uh, what, exactly. Yeah, the, the, or what, what other forms of yoga are there? You know what? I got to be honest. I don't like yoga, so I don't <laughs> do it. So I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> but, but that's exactly right. Modifying instead of adding on is right. is, is certainly the way to go for there. Yeah. It's um, less taxing on your brain when you're stressed. And not only, yeah, just, just not adding more to your plate, certainly don't quit anything. I think that's a, right. a, a great rule, even if Dr. Z thinks she's going to get killed for it. Definitely listen to that because that's just true. <laughs> uh, 
the second thing really, and it depends on whatever situation I guess you are a part of this holiday season, if you're going to re- be hosting a lot of people, if you're going to be going to a lot of different places, uh, you always say this too, definitely start now if you haven't already. you got to have a game plan of some sort if it's just you or if it's your partner or whatever it is. That's probably the biggest thing to at least slow down some of that heightened anxiety during the holidays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you know that you're having... Um holiday dinner with Red Flag Ricky, and you really don't want to see Red Flag Ricky, but you know you have to, and you know that every holiday season, Red Flag Ricky says something about your weight or something about how they don't like how you're dressed. And you go into this holiday season, I see people do this a lot. You know, they'll say, I really hope my mother doesn't do X, Y, and Z. I really hope, you know, my father doesn't make comments about this, this, and this. And I'll say, well, is that a new thing for them or do they always make those types of comments? And they'll say, well, they always make those types of comments. And I'll say, well, have they been actively working on changing their, their style of interacting with you? And they'll laugh and they'll say, no. Say, okay, so why would anything be different this holiday season just because you hope it will be? And so, you know, I know it sounds pessimistic, but, but, it's, but it's reality. Um, what was going to have to happen is you're going to have to come up with a game plan of how you're going to choose to respond to the comments that you inevitably are going to get. And you can tweak how you respond to them, go in with a game plan. If they say this, I'm going to do this. If they say this, I'm going to do this. Because this way, when you go into it, you're not responding based out of emotions like stress and anger. Can you believe they said that? Well, yes, of course I can believe they say it. They say it every year. So you want to go in with a game plan, meaning kind of like, a buffet of behavioral responses that you can choose from in those moments that are already kind of in your bag of tricks that you walk into there with instead of going in hoping it'll be different when it won't be. Behavioral buffet is definitely a thing. I like that. Behavioral buffet? (laughs) Yeah. Like what uh, what would we see on a a behavioral buffet in, in your mind there? So it could be anything, you know, any type of boundary. And, you know, and a boundary isn't always saying no. A boundary could be simply just using a different tone of voice. So it depends on the situation. It could be um, if Red Flag Ricky says that to me, I'm just going to, you know, if they say I've gained weight, I'm just going to say, you know, something like, you know, oh, well, and, and you know, and walk away. Or I'm going to say nothing and just kind of nod and walk away. Or I'm going to say um, thank you for your observation, but actually I didn't, you know, whatever it is, or your, or your part of your behavioral buffet could be not going to the holiday dinner, or it yeah. could be, you know, removing yourself from the conversation by saying, I have to go to the bathroom. So it really is situation dependent, but you should go in with a bunch of options. Like if you go to a buffet in Vegas, you're not just going to see eggs, Right. You're going to see different types of eggs. You're going to see different types of pancakes. You're going to see different types of vegetables. So you want to go in with as many options as you can so that you can pick from them rather than on the spot, filled with emotion and anger, trying to come up with a response. And even things like if you know and I'm just I know this because I'm speaking from experience. I've had conversations with family members be like, hey, maybe don't drink during Thanksgiving because mm-hmm. if you start doing to in, in at first everyone's doing out of enjoyment out of glee mm-hmm. out of all mm-hmm. that stuff but 2 hours into dinner if someone's Is that why we start you, drinking? Oh uh, yeah. yeah you know, For glee? I uh, apparently that's a thing. Oh. I I don't know oh. uh when that starts but yes. Uh <laughs> 
so at some point during the holidays, you're actually supposed I'm to. I'm going to drink tonight for glee. Yeah, for, for like <laughs> celebration rather than misery. Don't <laughs> so listen to us, people. Don't listen to us. Now, that could be in the laundry room at 3 a.m. with your significant <laughs> other being like, holy shit, I can't believe we just survived that. But got to got to have it celebratory at some point in time. But yeah, like I, I don't. It's funny because when you say these things, it seems really simple to understand and be like, oh, yes, yeah. of course, we'll have a game plan. But yes. I don't I don't believe as people we honestly yeah. sit down and we don't have a game plan because this we diffuses don't. as you're going through this, the tone mm-hmm. of the voice. I'm going to change that. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Or maybe I'll mm-hmm. just remove myself from the conversation. Body language Body is on language. your buffet. Yes. yes. Like like back up three feet or, you know, uncross your arms or, you know something or or push your chair backwards more so you're not as engaged in the conversation there's so many things you could do we don't think about in the moment because we're so heightened with anger and you could have so much fun this could be a game you know like with a friend or with a partner and that's what i tell my patients have fun with this yes yeah because like oh there like a bingo card like oh there it is fucking red flag ricky coming on my weight again bingo there's one let's see if we can match the other five okay yes and here's the thing, and I don't even know, John, if you realize what you just said, but the bingo card is actually a great analogy for being mindful and kind of that acceptance-based behavioral approach I take with people where instead of being in the shit of it, you're looking at it objectively. So if you picture a bingo card with all the possible behaviors that Red Flag Ricky is notorious for doing, it's outside of you. You're looking at it instead of being in it and you're saying, oh, there it is again. Right. There it is again. There's the behavior again, you know, and you kind of like track it on your card. And that's that's exactly what I tell people to do. Well, that's because you're smart and it's the same (laughs) pattern that you've told us many times before in terms of like uh, the thought of. And ever since you've told us that, Mm -hmm. man, do I use that in practice pretty much Mm -hmm. everywhere else, including things like the bingo card, because that's just another version. It's a great one of that practice. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we've. You know, okay. So we've we have set up our behavioral buffet. We've marked our our bingo card. We're kind of ready to to get out there and prepare ourselves as much as possible. But just mm-hmm. like life, you know, you can't prepare for mm-hmm. uh, exactly everything. And and even just in this discussion of holiday blues and things like mm-hmm. that, like, can you tell us what really is the difference between mm-hmm. a holiday blues, a regular depression? anxiety and honestly i've been reading this too is just in terms of severe depression nothing nothing really happens during the holidays that would would be considered uh dangerous to your own life a lot of the times mm-hmm. right like this mm-hmm. is for some reason it just settles because of family because of a, well it could be for a variety of different reasons mm-hmm. but why 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 is that necessarily like the differences between uh, obviously we'll yeah. start there but how, how, why, why does the seasonal depression last so long and, and everyone mm-hmm. seems to get through the wintertime? Mm-hmm. So, so first we'll start with the differences. So the differences between holiday blues and major depression. So holiday blues is directly linked to exactly what it says, the holiday season, right? So it's kind of you're, you're coming out of Halloween, you're going into November, and pretty much it's holiday season from then on until January 1st for the most part. So... Um, you know, it's, it's usually the result of like, you know, future plans that you know, you're going to have to make with people that you don't want to see, you know, discussions that you don't want to have 
seeing people that maybe were, you know, abusive to you during your upbringing. And let's say you've kept it to yourself. You've never said anything. And now you're going to have to see them. Um, family members that just don't get along and you know, there's going to be chaos. So there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of financial pressure as well, because you know, it's a time of spending a lot of money and, and you know, and especially this year with the pandemic, most people don't have as much money. And so their spending is going to be, you know, different than it maybe has been in the past. So there's a lot of variables at play that can contribute to holiday blues and holiday blues is like I said, it's directly linked to that holiday season. So there's a, there's uh, an, there is a specific identifiable trigger, like a kind of an umbrella trigger, like the holiday season. And yeah. then what you expect with holiday blue is a couple things. One, it's not going to impair your functioning. You're still going to be able to get up, go to work, see your friends, do your thing. Maybe you're not as social because it's like a little bit heavier for you. But holiday blues is kind of like a blahness, a general blahness, like an Eeyore and Winnie the Pooh type thing. Um Never just kind of like exactly Christmas party is going to be exactly exactly right and so it's this it's it's this understandable kind of blondness that you just have whether it's daylight savings related also whether it's um you know the weather's getting cold and just a lot of those things so that is holiday blues and what you expect with holiday blues is that after the holiday season is over you start to come out of that okay and you're not it's not causing dysfunction. Whereas a major, whereas major depression is episodic in nature, meaning it, it comes and it goes, there may be a trigger, there may not be a trigger. Um, and the level of depression that you have impairs your functioning. So you, you can't get out of bed. You're totally isolating yourself. You're not eating, you're not sleeping. And I don't just mean like you didn't sleep all last night because you were worried about Christmas dinner, which could be more of like a holiday blues, holiday anxiety thing, but it's, really impairing your ability to sleep, impairing your ability to eat, or you're eating too much, or you're sleeping too much. Your concentration is off at work, so you're making more mistakes. You're not returning emails. You're not meeting deadlines. You're not returning text messages. You're hiding from people. You're agitated. You're screaming at your kids so much more. Um, you know, those types of things. You're drinking more. You're, you're increasing your, you know, how, many, how much drugs you're doing or, you know, anything like that where it causes dysfunction. Major depression after the holidays doesn't necessarily go away like the holiday blues. You could have a major depressive episode during the holiday season, come out of it, go back into it again in the spring, let's say. So it's not due to the holidays. It could be a trigger, but the major depression existed before the holidays and exists after the holidays. That would make, unless you know, you're getting actively treated. That makes sense in a lot of ways because I know I've had... Uh family members you know who are especially who are hosting <laughs> that like yeah, are yeah. very nervous about mm-hmm. the other people that are coming will break out into mm-hmm. hives or mm-hmm. you know, that's yes. that's what you're talking about is like the major depression and or whatever was going on there happened way before the holiday blues yes yes i mean they've Triggering had point. most likely if they're having a major depressive episode during the holiday they've had one before got you okay and, and it would you know i mean yeah sure it could be the first time but chances are you know, that it's serving as a trigger rather than the sole reason why the, you know, the person feels down. And also, you know, people, holiday time is where you remember people that you've lost, especially in the last year and a half. So, you know, there's that that can kind of contribute to low mood or, you know, seasonal blues type thing. Whereas the major depressive episode is a distinct change 
in your level of functioning. There's distinct impairment. This, there's a notable kind of decline that happens. Whereas holiday blues, people may not even notice. You're just going to feel tired, right? Or you may look tired or you may feel more sluggish, but it's not a marked change in your functioning. That's uh, Well, it's great to know. Um, and is there anything, I mean, well, because you said that, is there anything during this holiday blues point where you could mm-hmm. get triggered that sure. could enact, I guess, those major depression things? And you sure. don't really realize that? Yeah, I mean, sure, because, because if you experience, let's say, clinical levels of anxiety or clinical le- levels of depression, let's say, um, or you have a substance abuse problem and you have some sort, you know, or generalized anxiety disorder, you have some sort of clinical diagnosis prior to the holiday season and you develop the holiday blues, let's say you are more at risk for developing a major depressive episode than somebody who doesn't have those things leading into it. Let's say. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes, that makes right? complete sense too. Because chances are, you know, when if you have major depression or, or anxiety, let's say you're not being treated for it, your coping skills may not be that up to par. And so when the holiday blues hit, you're you're not able to handle them as well, which then can sometimes spiral down into a major depressive episode or, you know, increased clinical anxiety or something like that. So that, that's definitely a possibility. Those are the people that, you know, I kind of prep before the holidays and, you know, go through their behavioral buffet with them. I go through what their triggers are going to be during the holidays so we can kind of hit them head on before they happen. Um, You kind of give them a a game plan through the holiday season. But sometimes the holiday season for people with major depression are better, let's say. It means they have family members around. They don't feel as isolated. Maybe they do get along with their family. So this is a time where everybody's together and it's a fun occasion for them. So it actually helps them with their mood mentioned uh, too where um it, depending on kind of what situation is going around uh, uh the holidays and you're stepping into a situation that where someone or someone in the family or you have mm-hmm. lost someone very significant and this is the first time that you're going to be without that person mm-hmm. throughout the holidays as yeah. a as a family as a whole mm-hmm. how sh- what is what are the best approaches to that because i i know in speaking with people who are in severe grief and agree, again mm-hmm. it's, it's degrees and what they can handle but most of the sure. time i mean reminding of them that they're, they're not available or are you holding yeah. up okay and questions yeah, like that yeah. aren't necessarily yeah. the best thing around this time what would you suggest in terms of if you're walking into a situation like that mm-hmm. so i think the 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 first thing to keep in mind is that your holidays if you lost somebody close to you are never going to be the same again period And a lot of times people crave that, I hope we go back to normalcy, but that kind of isn't really possible if you think about it, because if you've lost somebody that's really close to you and close within your family, and now all of a sudden they're just not there during the holiday season, you have to make space for that loss. You have to kind of recreate the dynamics a little bit without that person there. A lot of times people will try to go back to, quote, normalcy, but the reason why they have such a struggle with that is because it doesn't exist anymore because somebody is not there. So you have to make space for that loss. A lot of times what I'll tell people is maybe, you know, recreate some new, um, you know, some, some, some new things over the holidays, recreate some, some different types of memories. Yeah. You know, recreate different traditions, hold on to some of the old ones and let some of them go and recreate new ones that exist, you know, and I hate saying without the person there, but, but that exist without the person there. 
you know, and it's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean you're forgetting them. It just means you're recreating traditions, like you said, holding on to some older ones and, you know, and moving forward, but with that, with space for that person's loss. And is the opposite true as well, depending on family dynamic? I mean, even honoring that person might be, might be a good idea as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's important to not act as if it didn't happen. Not that you're ignoring it. You're obviously acknowledging they're not there. We miss them. All of that is normal. But trying to go back to a place that existed because that person was there is what sets us up a lot of times for, for you know, failure in terms of meeting those expectations or may make us more anxious or more depressed because we're, we're trying to find something that doesn't exist anymore. Um, and I, I think it's helpful to acknowledge the person's loss, like you said, like ways to honor that person's loss, recreate new traditions, but with that person in mind almost that you're kind of doing it for them and with them. Um, and I think as far as questions to be asked, you know, a lot of times people just don't know what the hell to say. It's not that they're, you know, you know, it's not that they're trying to be difficult. It's not that they're trying to be an asshole. It's not that they're trying to be cold or, you know, lack emotion or annoying. Even It, it could just be people oftentimes don't know what the hell to say. And so I think it's important to ask people things like, um, you know, I'm sure the holidays are difficult for you. I'm here if you need me for anything. That's it. That's all you have to say because you're acknowledging their feelings. You're not asking them to describe anything to you, but you're letting them know that you're there if they want to talk to you, but you're not going to pester them. And I think that that's important because if it's the first holiday season without them there, they don't know how they're going to respond. They don't know how they're going to feel and they may not even know how they're feeling while they're feeling it. And because it's already stressful as it is, it's to ask them what they need. They may not even be able to identify what the hell they need. And they probably don't. Right. You know, that's just the the nature of humans. You know, like it's mm-hmm. a, you, it takes a long time to process. You've always said mm-hmm. that there is no timeline on feelings. No. There's no timeline on loss. None of it. So right. uh, I think that's all all great advice. And, you know, especially going into the first year and just making sure that everybody's I, I just making sure everyone's, everyone's on trying board, to right? survive like right. i mean at, at this point like this is really the first time we've you know holidays are really going to kind of be holidays again before the pandemic and so this is like nobody really knows what the hell to expect nobody no one does i mean ha, ha, people are going to have conversations like do we hug each other do we not hug each other yeah. do we wear a mask do we not wear a mask do i give them a kiss hello or not do we share the same serving utensils like who the hell has ever asked this before nobody Yes. Yeah, that's, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. We're Should all, we have different serving utensils for all 20 of us? Like, no, you know, and like people had bowls of like nuts out and M&Ms out. No one's digging their hands in there now. Nope. All spoons. Right? Yeah. We right. just had the same so, like, conversation. You know, like there's going to be these conversations that never would have happened before. So nobody knows how they're going to feel and what they're going to think, what they're going to do, which is why the buffet is such a good suggestion because it gives you an array of options if some of them just don't make sense. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 100%. And you're going to have a lot of that this year. Like, it just doesn't, there's yeah. nothing's going to make sense in, in, in some, some regard there, too. And I wonder, I want to go back to your game planning for a second. Yeah. Because is this a time. Did you like the Philly accent? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I do remember my, my beautiful mother, by the way. 
who moved us from uh, a wonderful Midwestern state called Iowa. And the first time that she heard her boys like drop You're her. You're from Iowa? Yeah. We, we moved out here in 1994, what? 95. And the moment she heard one of her sons in middle school go the yeah and coffee and like it just slipped mm-hmm. in there. It was, uh, yeah, it, it made my mom cry. So just. I did that, not know you were from Iowa yeah, all this time. Yeah, on and, on and off. It's a, it's a, that's why, wow. I, yeah, like that's why there's this weird like Midwestern East Coast vibe that you kind of constantly hmm. get all the time. Uh, but she, you know, like I, I just think in terms of. There, there are so many people. Well, I, I believe this, and I don't know if we necessarily disagree on this, but in terms of your family dynamic, I just mm-hmm. feel there's a lot of people that want to hug each other this year. Mm-hmm. If, if the if the issues weren't that severe, and yeah, yeah. if Facebook or one of those things has kind of corrupted your mind politically, that's not going to be a fun, <laughs> a fun mm-hmm. you know Thanksgiving to walk into for any spectrum of the political. I'm not you know, I'm not, I'm not leaving anybody out there, um, but. Is taking the visits off your plate a good thing, even though it doesn't feel like the natural thing to do? Maybe you have several different Thanksgivings you usually go to or different Christmases, different Hanukkahs, mm-hmm. different New Year's party, parties, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Do you think we should take on less of that this year? Is that a good idea? I think that just depends. I think it depends on how eager you to, you are to see other people. I mean, I can yeah. tell you that if I had three different Thanksgiving dinners this year, I wouldn't do all three. Definitely not. The pressure to go. That's I just guess, me. It, I you know, but I, yeah. I, but I never would do three. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just me. Like, one's enough. But for other people who haven't seen people in a while and let's say are really excited to see them or maybe they've always had multiple dinners, but they always just picked one. But this year they're like, no, you know what? I haven't seen any of these people in so long. I'm going to do all three. You know, like, I think it just really depends on the person in the situation. I think whatever feels comfortable for you in these situations, I don't think you need to offer an explanation other than I'm not comfortable or it's too much for me. I'm sure you can understand, you know, like, (laughs) I, I, I don't think anyone needs to offer an explanation longer than like one sentence. Um, and I think you, you kind of have room this holiday season to do that. Because I think this is going to be one of those things for a little while now where if you say, you know what, you couldn't before, I mean, I guess you could, but you couldn't before just say, I'm not going. Yeah. Like, what, what do you mean you're not going to Thanksgiving? You what have do you mean to you're go. not going to Christmas? Yeah. You right. have to go, right? So I think this year, though, if you say, I don't feel comfortable going, no one's, no one's really going to not understand that. They may yep. argue about it with you, but no one's going to not understand that. I 100% agree with that. That's you know, it's more like when you have kids. It's like when you have a newborn and you're like, you have a newborn, you know this. Like when you have a newborn and people are like, oh, do you want to come up? We're going to dinner tonight. And like you're all ready to go. And then you're just like, you know what? No, I'm so tired. You go and be like, you know what? Our, we don't have a sitter. <laughs> or like, we have to be home at 10 because we have a kid, you know? So yeah. I think this is one of those things where you can use that if you don't want to go. But I, I think it's going to be, I'm not saying it's not even going to be an excuse, it's going to be a, a real valid reason. Oh, definitely. Uh, and it is. It definitely yeah. is. Like, especially if I'm terrified of anyone yeah. touching my newborn. Right. And I don't right. care how much they love right. us or they're Correct. just like, wash your hands. That was right. that was already in place way before the pandemic. And now that it's mm-hmm. here, it's like, I don't know what you're dragging in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Spray yourselves down first, please. That's so, yeah. Right. yeah uh, and that, uh, I believe, is all a part of game planning right up front. Yes. As we, as we mentioned before, 
that behavior buffet and mixing those two things together, you're going to find answers rather quickly of what your threshold is and isn't, you know. And I'm just and you curious. May, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, you may have, like, you know, red right. flag Ricky may, you know, you may say, I'm not going, I'm not comfortable. Red flag Ricky may have one response that you need to handle. And then red flag Rona, his wife, may have a different one. And so your buffet is not just going to have different responses, but but responses to different people as well. A hundred percent. Yes, exactly. That is, man, if you're not following along on Dr. Z and <laughs> you've listened to this podcast enough, I, yeah, like just, just really, really great advice uh, to start out the holiday season. And this is what I want to tell everybody too, at John Barchard on the Twitter.com. And also you can find me uh, on Instagram as well. The same thing. My DMs are always open. I am very curious for, for you who is going through this holiday season with us. Is this, does this feel different? And the first test is really going to be Thanksgiving because traditionally uh, for a year we have missed out on everyone gets bombed the night before Thanksgiving and right. rushing to the bars. That didn't happen this year. I think there's a possibility that that kind of comes back a little bit mm-hmm. and, the, and a little more towards whatever normal was before the pandemic. I'm really curious if that's your experience this year. Hit me up in the DMs at John Barchard there. And if you that's a feel, great question, like the Thursday, like high school homecoming. Yeah, I wonder if that's before, still yeah. around to go and hang out. I would I would assume it is massively this year, but maybe that's just mm-hmm. my projection. So I'm really curious about that. Uh, Dr. Z, any any great advice as we are just about to hit Thanksgiving and uh, with with everything we've been talking about today here? I think just, you know, check on your people. You know, I always say check on your people during the holidays. If you find that they are not seeming like themselves, you know, just kind of give them a little bit of space. If you feel like they're really kind of isolating themselves or they're really appearing agitated or, you know, they're sick a lot or, you know, whatever it is, or they're, they're calling out of work a lot. Your colleagues, you realize like, well, they haven't been in work and, or they're in one day out the next day. Check in on them, you know, just say, Hey, I'm just checking in on you. I know this time can be hard for people. If you know somebody lost people during the pandemic or lost people during the pandemic unrelated to the pandemic, um, which actually is an interesting topic because it, and we can talk about this another time, but yeah. um, losses that were due to COVID during the pandemic versus losses that were not due to COVID during the pandemic yes. are actually, yes. they're handled a little differently. And it's, it's, it's interesting because I think it's something that's going to come up during the holiday season, but um, check on your people, you know, just, just check on them. You're not going to make them worse. Uh-uh. Never. You'll never make anybody worse by checking on. It's uh... not, not even like a, what's wrong? Are you okay? They, they may not be able to verbalize it or they don't want to tell you. Just just a simple, you know, I haven't seen you in a while. Just checking in. Hope, you know, hope everything's good. I'm here if you need me. You know, no biggie. Don't, no pressure to respond to me. Just wanted you to know I'm thinking of you. That can go such a long way because it doesn't involve the other person having to respond to connect to you. Uh, another another great advice on the on the way out here and you said this during our live, and I just want to make sure that's mm-hmm. true, too. Uh, or not true, but just reemphasize. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't quit anything, including Diet Cokes or whatever it is. <laughs> just mm-hmm. if it's not going to kill you. That's right. Keep going. We'll figure it out in the springtime. <laughs> we'll, that's right. We'll that's be, right. Yes. We'll be right here talking about all those springtime things uh, yes. on the podcast. Spring, springtime resolutions. Yes. Oh, yes. I can't wait to mm. get into those. So <laughs> we, you might be noticing some things uh, changing slightly with the pod and with the live. We are not going anywhere. We promise that. We are only here to get better and better. And Dr. Z, I don't know about you, but just doing an audio only felt great today. How about? I, Didn't I, it? I like oh. it. 
I really like this. So we, I do too. We might get into some things where we discuss things for 35 to 45 minutes as you're used to on the live. And that might change in terms of like the podcast. Maybe shorten than that down to like 30 minutes to really get into the mm-hmm. meat and potatoes of everything. I like the dynamic of everything. I think that's we've been listening to you specifically. So thank you so much for the support and uh, keep the reviews coming. Uh, let us know how things are with Dr. Z. Uh, I know how you can get in contact with her. Dr. Z underscore psychologist pretty much everywhere. And what's your Twitter handle is pretty much the same, too. I always forget for some reason. It's um, Dr. Z psychologist. No punctuations. Just. Dr. Z Psychologist. At John Barchard, B-A-R-C-H-A-R-D, as D is in dog at the end there, all both on Instagram and on Twitter. We love mm-hmm. hearing all the feedback from you and uh, appreciate uh, where the, where we think the show is going to end up going because there's a lot of, we're excited. That's all we can say. Yeah. We'll, we'll let everything kind of <laughs> spill out afterwards. But <laughs> Dr. Z, thank you as always. Really appreciate thank all you. your information and, uh, and have a good Thanksgiving. Yes, you too. And everyone have a good Thanksgiving and thank you for listening. Bye. 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 